Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Yeah, another episode of Rookie of the Rise, episode 72. Ladies and gentlemen, cats, dogs, moose, antlers, random reindeer come every once in 364 days. What the hell is up? How the heck you doing? I'm really excited. Uh, I came on a guest with this person's podcast last year. I had a grand old time and I thought, well, shit, I should repay the favor. A man who has no fun facts, yet himself seems to be a whole heart, <laughs> heart heritage of fun. Uh, where he does, he writes for DLF and Fantasy Data. You can find Shane on Twitter at Shane is the worst, though that is up for contention. Shane, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. Sorry, I don't have any fun facts. I'll try. If I think of any, I'll just I'll just randomly blurt it out while we're talking about something else. Seems Ready to be my, my mo. I'm. It's okay. I'm good. I interrupting is something that I major in because uh, that's just kind of how my family rolls most of the time. So I'm I'm impervious almost. Uh, so I want to talk about the combine because it just happened and that's what all the cool cats are doing. And sometimes I feel like I want to try and be cool. But before that, I thought it'd be fun to ask a question of the show, but a combine style question of the show. So Shane, if an NFL GM asked you to send a 30 second video of yourself dressed up in your most bizarre outfit, singing your favorite song, what would you choose? So I own a clown hat, so I definitely have to wear a clown hat. I'm guessing... Probably a, a sport coat or, you know, I might wear a suit, a suit and a clown hat with a jersey. Yeah, there you go. Um, what would I sing? Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't sing anything like Rage Against the Machine, right? Because they probably would be like, oh, that, that. <laughs> like, I'm guessing like NFL GMs want you to sing something like happier, friendlier. So um, leaving on a jet plane. Leaving there you go. Yes. Try, try to chew. You can't bother anyone. You can't offend <laughs> anyone with that song. You know what I mean? Except for taxi drivers um, or <laughs> people that drive Ubers since they're not mentioned, but they didn't exist back then. I love that. I think uh, I think that most NFL GMs would be very ecstatic about that, that response for you. So uh, I'm curious before we start off talking about the combine, how much does the combine kind of sway you from an individual aspect for the in terms of just the overall players, do you fluctuate a lot with your evaluations or are you just kind of enjoying it for what it is, which is sort of like a weird buffoonery of festivities? Well, we'll get since, you know, it affects individual players, right? If they test super poorly um, and I'm not expecting that, then I'm going to move them down because I know the NFL is going to. Um, and at the end of the day, the most important thing is, well, what does the NFL think of this? Because we're not scouts. Well, maybe someone listening to this might be a scout. And if you are, hey, how's it going? 
Um, but I'm not a scout. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I think I know what a good football player is. But if the NFL tells me that, guess what? You love Eno Benjamin, but we don't. And we're going to draft him in the seventh round. I got to take that into account and go, okay, I guess I'm not drafting Eno Benjamin in the first round of any rookie drafts. Like, I'm never going to be that guy that's like, you know what? The, the NFL is just wrong. I'm going to I'm going to draft this fifth round wide receiver in the first and they'll see because they, they, they won't see they, they won't come around in my thinking. It's like the uh, the Hakeem Butler corollary a couple of years yes. ago. Yes. Yeah. We, my favorite. Oh, I had a draft before the NFL draft. Oh, no. And we took him. It was definitely top five. It was definitely top five. And then, yeah, when the draft came in, dude just kept falling and falling and falling. I just kept checking the news like the. What did I, did he get drafted? And no one noticed. <laughs> no, no, that's not what happened. He was just particularly bad. Oh my gosh, and that that's got to be one of the most crazy draft fails outside of Nikhil hearing a couple others in the recent memory. I mean, uh, I'll say this: at least we saw it coming because he fell in the draft. So yeah. if you held on to him and you drafted him high after the draft, you have no one to blame but yourself. Nikhil Harry okay i mean he's he's become an archetype right like he's become yeah. the guy anytime someone can't separate you go, oh my god Nikhil harry and you get ptsd yep. and you're like i'm yep. not touching him jj arcega Whiteside, <laughs> terrace marshall jr fuck yeah, yeah. oh Traylon burks this year oh please oh, no i'm please trying to no. tell myself that that's not him that's what i'm trying to yeah. but i will we'll break into that in a little bit but i'm you know i just am overly wary of wide receivers that are big and tall and lack agility which unfortunately burks lacks anything but straight line speed yeah yeah it's just i don't know what to do i'm just i get i have luckily i've got time to think about it i have time to think about it um how much did you care that kenny pickett ran a four was a four six seven or something like that do you care about uh, that at all no 40? no it doesn't matter him. right no no I, I guess as long as you're not hitting five at quarterback good for you but when you have little baby hands like his he really needed to run like a four one. <laughs> he really did. Like it doesn't matter what he did because he's dead to me. He's done. Yep. He's uh I have the same hand size as him. Um yeah. which I don't know if it's an indictment on me or him, but I just can't view these hands being NFL hands. They're, they're are, great. Yeah, mine definitely are not. And I shouldn't be approaching Kenny Pickett's hand size. Like that's <laughs> that's not normal. You're supposed to be superhumans. What are you doing with little baby? Exactly. Man? Super normal people hands. What yeah. were some names that kind of jumped out to you during this last week that you think gained the most value? Uh, Christian Watson. Um, yeah. And that's, he's been rising since the senior bowl. Right. And yeah. what's great about him or what's fun about him is entering the senior bowl. People are saying uh, you might want to watch this guy. And since then he's done nothing, but just absolutely blow it up. At one point he ran a four, two, six, I think mm -hmm. before it was adjusted. So <laughs> Before everybody's speeds were adjusted, but still a four three six and his size, his size speed uh, score is off the charts. I yeah. think player profilers said it's like top five, something like that. Whatever it is, he's six four and he just blazes. So yeah, um, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's like the prototypical. If he came out five years ago, he would be like a top three wide receiver. Just he's like the prototypical blend of size, height, and athleticism. Like people just they get moist for that. They really do. Yeah. yeah. Look, we, I know we're, we like the new NFL with the small guys and it's fun that, you know, five foot 10, 170 pound wide receivers can, can, can be wide receivers ones, but it's more fun when it's these big behemoth dudes that are like Calvin Johnson size running out there. Cause that makes sense to your little brain. Your brain understands that you're like, well, they're big, fast, like they're <laughs> superhumans. I don't want to see people that are like my height. And way less than me <laughs> out there running around being wide receiver ones, like because I can't explain it away. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't yeah, be I like, oh well, if I was six foot four and ran a four four, <laughs> I could be a, I could be a wide receiver too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think Watson he ran a four three six, right? Officially. Uh, yeah. 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 So that gives him one hundred and nineteen point eight nine speed score, which is just about as fucking good as you can get. Like you said, yeah. he oh is boy, a monster. He is, and, and and he great jumps. Yep. vertical and broad yep. um good size hands i mean the only like, concern sorry go ahead yeah no no yeah. i was gonna say the only concern for him is like he is now the workout warrior of the combine and this, those guys usually have a tendency to like not hit um 
I'll say, yeah, especially when they don't see you went to these small school guy, right? North Dakota State University of Mm -hmm. Western Kentucky (laughs) um, is the full name of the school. Yeah, that's concerning. But I mean, and it's not the same type of player, but Kenny Galladay reminds me of it. Like Kenny Galladay was a guy before um the combine i I think people were looking at like oh i'm going to be able to get this guy later in my rookie drafts and by the after the combine and nfl draft they rolled around and you're like no he's he's going to be a first round you know rookie pick yeah i got a feeling that's going to be watson i mean i'm doing a mock in dlf and he went at 112 in a quarterback league yeah and the only reason he didn't go 111 is because I was picking at 111 and didn't realize it was there. So I went ahead and went with David Bell, even though I really didn't want to, because yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen ever again. No, it's not. I just, yeah. I'm so angry with, with this because Christian Watson's like, he's that prototypical guy in the second round of a super flex where you're, it's like wide receiver seven, wide receiver six or eight. And you're like, yeah, this is a good spot. Like he's got high upside. And now it's just, there's no fucking way. It's like, let me have something nice. Give me something nice. Dude, I mean, it's it's not like the old days. The old days, we used to go in the drafts with people that no one else knew of. Now there's so much information out there. Like, you don't you don't, you don't, don't have to be a scout. You don't have to be anything. You just go on the Twitters and go, uh, who had a good combine? And just names will just pour out at you. So everybody's going to be all over Christian Watson. Yep. That's all right. You know, yeah. let, let, let the people can draft him. I'm, I'm not going to overdraft him if he's there when I'm on board. Fine. Fine, but yeah. if not, you know. No, I'll, my I, my favorite thing to say lately is the, the the Dakota State University player that I want is Pierre Strong from South yeah. Dakota State University, and he he blew up the combine. I mean, to, I, blowing up maybe a little strong, giggity, you know, like puns and such. But he uh, he just what he was able to do was really impressive. It, he 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 came in heavy at like I believe two hundred seven. He ran a four three was like a four three six or something like that four three eight. Yeah, he has a, a speed score like one sixteen. I want to say uh, he did everything you want a small school guy to a small school guy to do at the combine as at a running back position. I was I was really really impressed with him. Did you have any sort of feelings with him? Yeah, it was great. And this is why I love combine time and I love rookie season. I had literally no idea who this guy was three months ago. Like, you know what I mean? Like he could have walked yeah. over me, ran over yeah. me, and I wouldn't have known who he was. I wouldn't have known that he's fast um, based on his speed score and, and built like a goddamn brick shithouse because he's what, 210, 215 at 207 at 5'11". So he's yeah. a pretty thick dude. He's a thick boy. Um, yeah, he seems to be a lot of people liked him after the combine, right? Because he blew it out of the box with speed. Um, and his speed is, like you said, his size adjusted speed score is really good. Um, 20 receptions his last year at uh, Dakota. I guess mm-hmm. all the kids, cool kids are going to Dakota. <laughs> um, that's where all the small school kids are going. But yeah, so he seems to have a, an all skill, all, all three down skill set, which is what you definitely want for a guy like him because you know he's probably not going to be drafted day two right yeah right i'm thinking he's more like a day three guy maybe Mm -hmm. who knows um maybe he gets the end of day two who knows but wherever he goes he's probably not going to be someone that's you know drafted to be the starter he's a guy that's going to have to hope for injury above him or just completely outplay a couple guys above him um and he has the skill set for it at least you know he's fast so he's going to make a he's going to make a mark and he has all he can play on all three downs which is that's what you want you don't want a a guy that's just a uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, scat back. We still yeah, use that yeah. word, not a scat back. Satellite just back. A one, di- uh, yeah, one dimensional player coming yep. from a small school. You don't want a guy that's just all he can do is pound it, or all he can do is, uh, you know, receive. I, yeah, and and it's kind of similar to uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. I mean, he's the only dude roster watch out of tweet. Yeah, uh, he's the only dude in 11 years that came to the combine wearing sunglasses, and he was asked about, it and he's I just want to stand out. Somebody look at me and pay attention to me. I'm from Rutgers. No one knows who I am, but like he came in at 216. He ran a 437. I think his burst scores aren't like phenomenal by any means, but like he's got the speed, you know. And and like you said, like these are just guys that are helping their case because now instead of undrafted free agents in the NFL draft, they're probably like fifth to seventh round picks because teams are going to be interested, especially if they land on like a, a team like the Seahawks, where you got a coach like Pete Carroll who doesn't really give a shit when you're drafted, just what yeah. you can do. Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, we, we've seen that, that the one position that that can really happen is running back, 
right? Yeah. Um, because one, there's not, there's usually wide receivers. You go in the camp, like camp at camp, there's usually eight to nine wide receivers. It's really hard to stand out and, and even get the coach's attention. Just at the numbers game, running back, we're talking four to five most of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can play any special teams, you're probably going to get a chance to be on the active roster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I was look, I'm just looking at his speech board on player profile, too. He's a 98th percentile. He's, mm-hmm. he's fast, 5'10", 216, Jesus. Um, <laughs> he went to a real school, um, not that <laughs> South Dakota State's not a real school or North Dakota State or West Dakota State, but he went to Rutgers, um, tougher competition. Um, yeah, that, that, he's another one that's interesting. And, you know, good for them because there's a running back or two that entering the combine, I, I liked that um, just basically shit all over themselves. Like they just – Apparently yeah. we're like, I don't want to be in the NFL, but I don't know how to tell my friends and family this. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the combine and I'm just going to have the worst combine I could possibly have so that there's no way I can be in the NFL. Like Kyron Williams, apparently like he really wants to be a musician. Well, he must be a salesman. A salesman, something. He does not want to be a football player and he did everything in his power to, to do besides fall down you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. if he would have just fallen down i guess see that would have been too obvious and we would have given him an excuse so that was smart on his part so for his <laughs> sales career or musician whichever it is he wants to be maybe an actor i don't know um his combine was great for his nfl prospect not so good not no, so good awful absolutely awful uh we're going to talk about kyan Williams in the next podcast but yeah he's um at this point it's like just beating a bloody corpse of a horse it's just, it was it's ridiculous. So, you know, I was I was recording eight Dynasty Trades HQ. I think it was Friday night when the running backs were running. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And like I already, you know, at that point I already knew his way in and I was already hurt. And then I just saw a speed score and it was just like like his career just vanished in front of mm-hmm. my eyes yeah. in the span of a half an hour. It's pretty cool. If if you are 194 and you run a four seven two unofficial. And then there's a man that's 331 pounds and runs a four eight one or some shit. Like that is so wrong on so many different levels. It just hurts my bones. I, I don't even know if the, how that math correlates. Like I don't think it's physically possible. <laughs> I still, like I think those are things that have, have to happen in like separate universes. Like <laughs> string theory is real. Like big dude did that in one universe, and Kyron Williams did it in our timeline, and somehow they merged. That's what happened. So, uh, was his name was James Cook, right? Or not James Cook. Uh, what was his name? The tackle uh, that did it. I, I don't even know because he's a lineman. So yeah, I I, yeah. So <laughs> he whatever is his his speed score would be one hundred and twenty three. So that's the new measure to beat for anybody that wants to actually participate in these things. It's one hundred twenty three because old boy is hauling. Yeah, yeah. And I watched it, and uh, they did the someone did a superimpose of him with uh, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston <laughs> smoked both of them. Like it wasn't even close. No, they're in trouble if they see him coming at them. They are in trouble. How do you yeah. feel about Chris Olave? Did he I, change it all with his combine? Or are you kind of like what were you at before and after? I, so this, so this is where the combine. Conf- I don't want to say confuses me, right? But before the combine, did we think Chris Olave was some like track star? Not really. I mean, like, I you know, he's fast enough. But so that this is where I think you got to go. Well, what does he look like on tape? Ugh, I hate I hate when people say things like that. But when you're watching the game, right? Mm-hmm. When 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 he puts out a forty time that's so much different than what you see him playing in the game, and maybe it's Ohio State just didn't use him that way. Maybe, but I tend to think that's not why. Um, I still think he's he's going to be he's going to end up getting drafted in the first round, right? Yeah. So again, oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter what I think. He's going to have first round draft capital, and I'm going to draft him in the first round of rookie picks. Um, I, I, it doesn't really matter if he moves up in the first round of, of the NFL draft, which just might have helped. I guess it makes you feel better for someone that, like me that was a little, I don't want to say concerned, but it just felt like he he didn't separate himself from from anyone else in uh, at Ohio State and you know we I don't want to give him I don't want to give him an out and be like well he played with Jace uh, Jackson I can't pronounce the dude's name I won't even try it um, JSN yeah but yeah him and he played with Garrett Wilson so you know of course he's not going to just completely dominate the target share to like a tune of like 45 percent because we expect that out of other wide receivers like uh 
dude's name I can't pronounce. Like he came out as a freshman and pretty much like wrecked shop. So it feels like Chris Olavi feels like a very good prospect to me, which is nothing wrong with that. He just, I don't feel like he's elite and I yeah. could be wrong, but he just doesn't give me that elite sense. I get, I get the exact same thought process. I was actually coming around to Chris Olave. I was excited. I came into the offseason getting ready to prepare for battle about everyone that had Chris Olave top three and how it was stupid and how he came back his senior year and literally did the exact – he did almost worse than he did last year in his junior year right. and all this and that. And then, like, people were, like, kind of lower on Olave. And I'm just like, oh, okay, so, like, this is a reality. Like, I could actually get Chris Olave back the first, beginning of the second – and not have to feel like I'm destroying my body because I'm right there with you. His ceiling is certainly lacking, but that, that four and just consistency is going to deliver, especially when he's taking pick 22 to the Raiders. It's just, it, it's going to be phenomenal. I think the only thing that he solidified at the combine for me are two things is that the Raiders are going to have Chris Olave, the tw- 22nd overall pick, and that I'm never going to get him in a rookie draft because these Dodo birds are going to put him at wide receiver three or four. And that's just, that's just too high for me. Yeah, see, and that's when I when I saw him at 113, 113, Jesus, at, at 13th overall, it looks like he was going on DLF mock drafts before the combine. I was like, that's, I can do that there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Honestly, there's not many wide receivers there in this class that I, I won't take there and feel like, well, you know, look, it's this is this is a good spot for him. You know, it was when I felt like, and I joked about it a couple times earlier in the offseason, like, I'm going to take Chris Olave at 104, aren't I? Like, this doesn't feel good. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to do that. And now it feels like you might have to do that if you want him. And I'm not going to do that. So I'm probably not going to get him anywhere. Yeah, it's sad. It, it's like uh, I made the joke today that John Mechie, is a discount Chris Olave in all the worst ways. Like if you, if you want a floor wide receiver, it's John Mechie. Like if somebody, I was on a podcast and they asked me what I thought about Mechie saying he's the best pass blocker or run blocker in the NFL. And I say, why the fuck is that your first thing you were pride yourself on as a wide receiver? That's yeah, like I, us. That's like us saying that Kyron Williams is elite because he's a good pass block. I don't fucking care if you can pass block, run the goddamn ball. Yep. Don't come back, Penn. It's just frustrating, irritating. Uh, any more guys that stood out to you at the combine? Um, did I put anyone on here? Oh, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, um, and I care because I play in Superflex leagues exclusively. Um, that's all I play in, in case anyone didn't know what exclusively <laughs> meant. I just dumbed it down for you. But uh, Desmond Ritter, um, really great 40 time, um, good jumps. Um, looks like he has good arm strength. Uh, he's like discount Malik Willis. Whereas Malik Willis, you're going to have to spend the 101, maybe the 102 on, depending on how 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 you feel about Brees Hall or how committed you are to that. But I feel like Desmond Ritter might be the discount guy, especially yeah. if he gets first round, like he's getting first round buzz now. And yep. Kenny Pickett having baby hands, um, maybe he slides up and takes his spot. And if I could get Desmond Ritter – closer to the back of the first as a discount Malik Willis. I'm, I'm all aboard that because he's, he's athletic, man. Um, he's sneaky athletic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sneaky. He's sneaky athletic. And, and, you know, he's, he's uh he, he kind of reminds me of Jordan love as a prospect where he's just either hot or cold, you know, like he's, he's yeah. never, he's not a consistent, you know, and that's fine. But like I was talking about with Malik Willis in this draft class is the reason Malik Willis is a quarterback one overall for me isn't because I think he's going to be, he has the highest chance of success at like high sustained success over five or six years. I think we're not going to see a single quarterback starting in five years. So give me the quarterback. That's going to be elite for two to three years, the star that burns the brightest and I'll take him and I'll just make do because two to three years of quarterback one performances compared to five or six years of like quarterback back end two performances. It, it's, it's a big deal for me, you know, yeah. And yeah. Ritter, but yeah, no, I was going to say, and yeah, and that's the same thing. I feel the same way about Wells. Like, I, I have no illusions that he's going to come in and, you know, be be this great starter. I expect him to sit on the bench for a year or two. Um, and if I can get the same thing with Ritter, like, I, I feel like I don't know that they have the same ops, upside. Obviously, Wells is probably more athletic, and that arm is just ridiculous if he can put that thing, um, get some control on that thing and get some accuracy going. It'll be just ridiculous night night but for the cost as opposed to paying 101 if i can get rid of like 107 108 109 110 
Yeah, I'm all right with it. I'm all you right. Probably, with it. You could probably even get them later because people are going to put Howell over Ritter. They're going to put Corral over Ritter. They're going to put Pickett over Ritter, you know, because if Ritter goes first round, it'll be like Lamar Jackson area, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's look, we still have the draft, which is the most important um, data point that we don't have. And it's probably the most important data point um, that we can have. So as soon as that comes, everything we're saying today is going to matter less. Now, what, yeah, that's a fun thing about doing podcasts, right? Like, everything's great until we get new information, then literally don't listen to anything I say because it's all outdated and no longer important. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Well, now you look, three days ago, we loved four days ago. There was players that we really liked, and now we don't. So that's just the way it goes. So you mentioned Kyan Williams as a player that is now dead to us, except maybe like a fifth-round draft of your very last fantasy football pick. You can maybe take a shot at him. Is there any other buddy – is there anybody else at the Combine – that afterwards in their performance, you're kind of reevaluating what they're going to be able to give you in the future. Um, David Bell. I, everybody knew David Bell was going to run slow. I don't think, I don't think that was a shock to anyone. And I, I'm not even that concerned about his 40 time. It's the fact that he was bad everywhere else too. Um, like there's no agility there. There's no burst. There's nothing. Like I, I was hoping that the three cone or something would give me reason to, to, to believe because the college production's there. Right. right. Um, and when we talk about guys that can't separate that, that was already an issue with him, but we thought like, at least if he has some burst, like maybe you slide him inside and let him just play in that phone booth right there. And he can, you know, you don't need a ton of separation when you're running slot, you just need to be quick and bursty so you can get off doesn't look like that's going to be the case for him. I, 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 you know, obviously the NFL is going to be the ultimate indicator on that, but I was really hoping to see some burst there. Like I said, the 40 time, I know wasn't going to be great, but I, I wouldn't have been upset if he would have pleasantly surprised us and came out and ran a four, four, nine or something and been like, Oh, where's that mm-hmm. been? Mm-hmm. Um, but him coming out and just shitting all over himself, that, that hurts. <laughs> I like take that personally. I do too. I was excited. I before the before the rumors of David Bell is kind of like similar to Tyler Johnson well, a couple of years ago in terms of the NFL's evaluation, I think I had him in the top four. And yeah. then once I heard that, I just I said I thought it's too early for smoke to be coming out for teams to be putting out like a bunch of horror shit. So it's like this clearly has got legs to it. And then he does this and like, well, fuck me. Like, where does it stop? Like, is it now it's, instead of instead of Pickens or Bell in a lobby, it's Pickens or Sky Moore and Jalen Tolbert. Like, I, I fucking give up. I give up. This is awful. Yeah. He definitely has those Tyler Johnson vibes to him, right? Yeah, he does. It's just yeah. like, I, you know, I guess if you want your potential pick to be a Monroe St. Brown, best case scenario, then go ahead and take him because you're, you're, you're going to be able to get him everywhere. No one's going to want to draft him anymore after that performance. It's just awful. Speaking of awful, is Wandale Wand- Robinson. I, was, I wanted him to come in at like 5'11. So all those like height conspiracy week on Twitter were wrong, but he comes in at five, eight, and then he just does literally nothing good other than runs a rather quick 40. It's just, yeah, I'm not. We go with sub five, eight wide receivers and the list consists of Tyreek Hill and Steve Smith senior, you know what I mean? Like it's a small subset and I, yeah, I mean, we kind of knew, yeah, all the pictures were out there. He kept measuring them up. I think he had a picture with, uh, it might've even been Rondell Moore and one with uh, Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, are these guys on a slant? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. There's no way this dude's 5'11. He didn't even come close. No. It was like so, a Spider Man meme. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a guy that, look, combine, the combine's not the end all be all, right? But there's certain simple thresholds you have to hit. Like your wide receiver's 5'8", 170 pounds or whatever he is. I think he might be more than that. But he didn't hit any of the thresholds you, you want no. someone to hit. And then if he's going to be small like that, you want him to, yeah, just destroy the combine, at least athletically. So you can say, all right, well, you know, his speed score is at least high. His 40-yard dash wasn't even really that good. I mean, it's – 81st percentile it's okay but you really want a lot more physically from him yeah i mean i was you know i, I was I, I was thinking that you know what i wanted wandale robinson to do calvin austin did out of uh, out of memphis he is five eight and so you know like you're grasping his straws but he absolutely lit every portion of the combine on fire he was always in the top top of his class at the testings and i'm i haven't checked him on player profiler yet but i'd imagine he's all 75th percentile and up in terms of like the, the burst and agility and everything else like that, because 
he just he's he's light he's 170 but he absolutely destroyed the only the, the only thing he didn't get a 75th percentile higher on was his speed score which was a 90.9 because he ran a 432 at 170 like damn what are you gonna do what are you gonna do uh a little ode to my buddy sincere mccormick i love you and i love what you did at utsa but you are slow and if you're a slow running back, then I just don't think you have a life in the NFL, especially coming from a small school. Um, but I'm going to still take a whole bunch of you in the fifth round. But I just <laughs> the dream's over and I'm sad. I'm sad. No, there's always next year. There'll, there'll, there'll be other players, right? I'm looking forward to my next guy that's sincere McCormick and, and at least Pierre Strong hit. And there's a couple other guys that are like making some work, some work. Tyler Batty isn't dead yet. Well, neither is Algiers. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. But yeah, else, yeah. Algiers one of those guys where initially I felt a little disappointed and then I went back and I'm like, no, no, no. He did what he was supposed to. He's fine. He's yeah. fine. I mean, he, yeah. I, I don't know why in the world his agent must have been fuming. He's like, oh, I read a 439 in high school. You're like, guy, what are you doing here? Like, Under promise, overperform. Yeah. Moron. And you maybe you did in high school, but there was no way you were doing that as a 200. You weren't 220 pounds in high school, dude. Like, there's no way. That dude definitely grew into his body some in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he uh, he was not scooting. He's scooting enough to get just above the hundred the hundred speed score threshold, but just by the hair is chinny chin chin. So the comment was really weird because we had a day of times that were way too fucking fast and get literally adjusted like nine tenths of a second, which is huge. Yeah. Then we had times they were way too slow and got adjusted or quicker by like seven tenths of a of a of a a, a second. So was there any positional player that like solidified their rank as like position one for you. It's got to be Brees Hall, right? Brees Hall coming in, I would assume. Brees Hall before the draft, I think, was – there was some chatter about Isaiah Spiller, like definitely some t- chatter about him, which there shouldn't have been. It should have been Brees Hall. It's been Brees Hall for the last two years, um, if you've paid attention. Um, and then he came out and just wrecked the combine, just absolutely all of a sudden now everybody's like, oh, wait, he's a – top 10 athlete like at his position like we didn't see that coming so now we really like him um which i i got a feeling he was going to be the 102 101 in most super flex drafts anyway um it just makes me feel better now mm-hmm. I, I was going to be fine with it um, me too i i, I would have preferred that there were some other running backs that that would have tested well like isaiah spiller but eh, whatever now definitely Brees hall Definitely yeah. Brees Hall and Malik Wills too. Look, he did what he needed to do, right? Yeah. yeah. We got to see him throw against air, which we thought he would be really good at. And he was, and he helped <laughs> the homeless dude, gave him a sandwich or something or sneakers. I'm not really sure what. So we, you know, we love that. We love virtue signaling. We just want to see someone do something good. Yeah. Like any excuse we can like the song. Oh, exactly. He's a great kid. Like I, we don't know what he gave him. Could have yeah. gave him trash. Like here, shithead, take this. <laughs> exactly yeah there's a there's a whole conspiracy thread on that if you pull that string you just get lost in some dumb shits well the guy's a the guy's a personal brand manager so clues is all set up i'm like i don't really fucking it was care if it was even if it was planted like good for you for having the recognition of what we are all looking for and yearning for like you still yeah. help the dude out so i don't give a shit like yeah i saw that as soon as i saw that i was like oh man i already like this kid a lot anyway because <laughs> you know he's small school and he's athletic and he, he's a black quarterback so of course he's going to get the doubts from all the old white dudes that mm-hmm. still don't want black people playing quarterback for whatever mm-hmm. reason so I'm already rooting for him and then he does that and it's like man i really like this guy yeah. like, i hope he doesn't suck right that's what i'm saying I, I want him to be at least okay be like just around the Jalen Hurts territory and as a passer, and I don't give a shit. That's all I want. Yeah, you know, if he if he can do that, because as a runner, he's going to be a better runner. Um, mm-hmm. Man, watching Hurts though, I watched Hurts all last year. It hurt, man. It, it was hurt. painful. It's uh-huh. not. It's not pretty. Like there's no. You know, we talk about um, accuracy, but there's no anticipatory, anticipatory, yeah, whatever that word is. No throws based on anticipation. It's literally all stop right here here comes the ball. Like just if Malik Willis doesn't have that, at least if he can lead guys a little bit, um, look, and Malik Willis is going to have much better draft capital, right? I think he's probably going to end up in the top. I think Carolina goes what six and Denver yeah. goes nine. There's he's got to end up one of those two. Places. I hope so. If Denver passes on Justin Fields and Malik Willis back to back years, I'm going to flip a fucking table and be so um, angry. 
Yeah, yeah. That meant Carolina. Look, don't don't give me that whole we we have Sam Darnold shit. No. We saw what that looked like last year, and it was bad. Yeah, you don't need a you don't need to run out what Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are gonna look again, you fucking assholes. The only thing about Carolina might pass on, which is I think Matt rules in a spot where he needs someone that's going to win this year. And I don't know if that's Willis, at least Denver with Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> yeah. being just getting there. I think they can go, look, we can let this kid sit for a little bit. Um, I don't know that Carolina is going to be able to do that. I mean, it could be a, a Carolina re- a reunion for Sam Howell too. You know I mean? At least yeah. what he brings is he's a field manager, right? Yeah. yeah. He's not really, uh, there's a ceiling's not there, but at least he's going to like not ruin you. Um, yeah, I don't know why I've, I've still heard some people that say Spiller overhaul. And I just think the mental gymnastics necessary to take place and to re- rationalize that take is just really difficult to comprehend for me because I, I, I don't know what you were looking at to continue that. Like, I just, if you want a definition of take lock, I, I truly believe that's, that's what the definition of take lock is because it's just awful. I, I just I don't think that's a smart idea personally, and I strongly don't recommend it. Yeah, and look, I could understand it. I, I guess I like I said, I like Paul better. To me, he was just a better player, and he looks Same. better. Like, and then that's not to say Spiller's bad at all because Spiller's the second running back. It's just that I have or had Hall like almost in the tier by himself, and then yep. it was Spiller, and then apparently Kenny Walker, who was a lot faster than I thought. Uh, good for him. Uh, who might be challenging for the running back two spot now. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if Spiller can come out at his pro day um, in a few weeks and apparently his abductor strain will be better and he can run well and he can jump again, um, great. But I always thought Hall was the better player. I thought he was yeah. the more complete player. Like Hall reminds me of a more athletic David Montgomery. Yeah, um, absolutely. Slightly, a slightly upgraded. And it's not just because they went to the same school, but that's part of the lazy comp is that, you know, every, every he immediately followed him and bettered him. Um, and that's what he seems like, just like the next version of David Montgomery, like 2.0. Yeah, I, I that's it's funny because I have the exact same thought process. And I mean, I, I kind of view Isaiah Spiller as like a very a spinoff of Josh Jacobs, you know? Like all jo- all Isaiah Spiller needs to not do is just he needs not to fuck up. Like yeah. as long as he as long as he runs under a four seven and as long as he like is moderately comparable, he's in the discussion. He's a solidified three and just in the discussion for two. I just I think that excuse by the agent was so boring. It wasn't even like the injury was affecting him during the train during like the, the the drills. It was in train. It was affecting him. So like he's he's healthy and he does healthy. It was just like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing here? Like, I think that's agent's way of being like, I fucked up. So let me give you a really, really uh, lazy excuse for like why Spiller is still a good guy to draft. I think, yeah. And look, if if his agent knew that he was dealing with that before and let him run at the combine, he should be fucking fired immediately. Like that dude should not be your agent anymore because your agent should have had that out there weeks before that. Like, look, he's dealing with a stomach strain. He's going to come. He's going to interview because, you know, it's important to me with the NFL. Team. So you can fucking spin it if it's legit. Like he's just, he's not going to test. He's going to have to test at his pro day. Like if you guys want to use a laser, come on down, use a laser. We won't hand time him. We promise, you know, he'll do all his work here. Maybe we'll even come to you, whatever. Just don't let him fucking test at the combine and then yeah. sh- and do horrible. And then say, yeah, I'm not running the 40 now. Just don't do that. Yeah. Right. He fucked it up. He, yeah. It was a tremendous gaffe on his part. I feel bad for Spiller because like that, I kind of sucked because a lot of their, a lot of running backs did really fucking good. And the yeah. fact that he didn't test just in that is kind of indicative of like, well, what are you hiding guy? What are you hiding? Uh, yeah, and I think, look, I at his pro day, we've seen it before where guys were like, Oh, I don't know. And then they come to our pro day and they blow it out of the box. Like that, that's still within the realm of possibility. I think he's, he, he ends up being the running back too at the end of this anyway. Now, if you know, Obviously, if stuff goes wrong at his pro day, uh, then 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 we might have some real concerns. Yeah, it's tough. It's um, it's tough because I wish Kenneth Walker had more than twenty three receptions in, at Michigan State and like a higher than a five percent target share. Because if even well, if, that, he had, even, it, if he even if he even if he had a moderate amount, it, it would it wouldn't even be close. But it so is you're not you're not holding on to the AJ Dillon thread. 
That's the oh. that's the everyone's hope. The now. Jonathan like, Taylor, AJ Dillon thread. Yeah, yeah, like AJ Dillon didn't do anything at Boston College. Like he didn't catch anything. And you look at him in the pros, and all of a sudden he's a pass catching weapon. Um, well, dump offs, whatever. But still, he can catch passes. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, to, to to Walker's credit, he looks. I, I wasn't able to watch it, but I was uh, having some people kind of look at for me that I trust wholeheartedly, and they said he looked really good with getting the ball, and he caught forty percent of the running back targets at Michigan state, but it doesn't really matter about that. It's about the team utilizing him as a pass catcher instead of basis. If he's able to do it. Yeah. And that's, see, that was always my concern too. When I'm looking at college receiving stats is if look, coaches are they're human, right? If they don't know that you can do something, a lot of times they won't even bother trying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at Josh Jacobs, we knew he could catch the ball and John Gruden went the other way and was like, no, 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 no. You're a two down plotter, bitch. But yeah, if, if they don't, someone doesn't see you do something, a lot of times they're not even going to see if you can do it. They're just mm-hmm. assume that you can't, you know, yep. like, and, and unfortunately that that's, that's my concern with him. Hopefully that's not the case because honestly, he's going to have good draft capital now yeah. and he, his speed's very impressive considering what I thought. I thought he was yeah. a lot slower than that, but me too. I was, I was floored his, his spied his size and his speed. I was very thrilled with. Yeah. Uh, one last question about the combine. Which player made you say, who the fuck is this guy this week? Who's the dude that ran a 4-2-1 at one point, but of oh, course Ty- you got to adjust it. Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Is he, I still don't know who he is. Cause I'm, I refuse to look it up. Cause if There's, I didn't know you before the combine <laughs> at all, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm There's no reason to myself. Yeah. There's no reason. He's, he's like a fifth year. He's a fifth year senior that never pops ever, but like was always kind of hoping to that's, that's his thing. Yeah. So that him, he, he's really the only guy. I mean, honestly, because the wide receivers, we knew what they were, right? Like, yeah. I don't think they moved at all, really. I mean, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, George Pickin ran a little better than we thought. Um, again, especially before they adjusted the scores. It's so annoying because those are in my head. Yeah. And like, for some reason, I can't forget them, even no. though they're wrong. No. And uh, I, they're never, I guess, Christian Watson for casuals, maybe. Um, he might've been a guy that kind of blew himself up. Yeah, I agree. Calvin Austin, probably in that similar area yeah, too, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. All right. So we're going to jump into some questions real quickly and wrap our beautiful show up here. Uh, are you into IDP? Do you IDP? I make fun of IDP. Yeah, you know me. I do too. Yeah. I, I have one IDP league and it's not an IDP league. So Sal, I don't have an answer for you, buddy. Um, you oh, asked, let's, let's try it anyway. You I said, got an IDP question. <laughs> yeah, I got an IDP question. I have an IDP question too. So in a tackle-heavy scoring IDP league, how would you rank your top five rookie linebackers without knowing landing spots yet? Um, I'm going to go look up what linebackers in the rookie draft real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I want the ones that the, the Eagles keep getting mock drafted to the Eagles. Um, is it Dean? Yeah, Nicobe Dean. I was gonna say Nicobe Dean too. He looked good in Georgia. And uh, is there a Devin? I feel like there's a Devin. Uh, Devin Boyd um, out of Utah. Yeah. Yeah, those two. So I rank them high mostly because they're the the only two that keep getting mocked to the Eagles. So they're the two that I've read about. <laughs> um, I I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this. I I I truly don't have names for you. And if you really want to know, I will give you the people that, sh- that give you a better answer. But uh, if it, in a tackle heavy league, I want outside linebackers over inside linebackers because they also are able to rush the tackle more and are able to go in the flats. So they're high, high likelihood of getting more tackles. So I'm going to prioritize the dudes that are more likely to be outside in a four, three and inside in a three, four, if that makes sense to you. Well that, and I know this much, I want linebackers, at least an IDP that play on a team that have a bad line. Yep. Um, so they get a chance for more second level tackles because yeah. Which is why the Eagles linebackers succeed so much because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I know you're an Eagles fan. I just, it's hard not to. No, the Eagles have had, I mean, their line has actually been great forever and they've never had linebackers. Never. They never. That's why this draft is funny because people are mocking in some cases two linebackers to them in the first and they haven't drafted a first round linebacker off ball in 40 years, something like that. Like longer than I've been alive, just about. They need some defensive back help. I think a little more in the first round. They could they could go straight and up edge. the middle. They could go DT middle or line, DT linebacker mm-hmm. and any defensive back. To be honest Gorgeous. with you, because they they literally need help all over the, <laughs> at, 
No, the whole Very thing cool. needs it. If yeah. you guys didn't know, Shane is an Eagles fan, and uh, there are some beautiful clips on Twitter about him responding to Eagle things. And I strongly suggest you go into the Twitter wormhole and pull them out because they're phenomenal. Uh, where would you take a tight end in a tight end premium rookie draft? How will pro days change opinion, perhaps of the public? And is Walker's reception totals a huge factor or not? Um, so that's like four questions in one guy. Yeah, like what fucking cheater. Well, so I guess how I, premium, how premium, because there's a difference, right? Yeah, there is. I play, I play in premium leagues, premium air quotes that are one, two, five. That's not even worth discussing. 1.5 for the most part isn't even worth discussing because it's just the elite guys are going to be the ones that really benefit from it. When you get the two point or if you have to start two, that's when it goes, all right, I, I might have to draft one of these guys like in the first round, like Pat Fryermuth was going in the first round in any start two tight end leagues I was in last year. Um, and if it was two point PPR, 1.75, he was going in the second. I, pro days, I'm not going to weigh them any more than I did the combine, right? Um, if he was an athletic specimen at the combine, sweet. If he wasn't, and then he goes to his pro day and he is, I'm, I'm going to obviously value it less. Um, reception totals, a huge factor. No, because we've seen players that haven't been huge parts of the offense in college at the tight end position come to the NFL and become just absolute studs. Like George Kittle wasn't a a raw stats. I I don't know about adjusted, but he wasn't, he didn't have a ton of receptions when he was at Iowa state. Um, so I, 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 like I said, I know you want to see it because it, if you've seen it, you know, coaches have seen it and they're more likely to go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he, this guy can do this. Let's, let's use him like that. Yeah, George Kittle had 48 total receptions. Again, I don't know what the adjusted metrics are on that. I just know that he didn't have a ton. Um, and George Kittle might not be the best example because he's one of the best tight ends in the league. But still, I mean, the guy had 48 receptions in college and you, you watch him in the pros and you go, wow, this might be one of the best receiving tight ends I've ever seen. I wish Kyle Shanahan would stop using him as an <laughs> offensive lineman, you fucking piece of shit. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is my favorite person to take copious amounts of dumps on. It's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, so the tight end I would take first is Trey McBride because he's tight end one for me. And in a premium, like in a one, even in like a one and a half premium league, I'd probably take him like 202, 203, depending on the landing spot in a double threat and a two tight end or a premium higher than 1.75. I think like 1.9, 109, 110, I think 110 are pretty good spots for McBride. Um, He's just, he's, he's not, I don't, I don't think he has a ceiling that we've seen in the last little bit. I think Friar moves still has a better, had a better ceiling than him as a rookie or a, a incoming rookie, but just that's a person I would probably target around there. Uh, pro days don't change my perception at all uh, unless there's like a huge discrepancy. And oftentimes that's because they juice the stats a little bit. All I'm going to say about pro days is if you, if you don't adjust the 40 time on a pro day, then you are doing yourself a disservice. If you care about it at all, I don't care what you adjust it to. You just need to add time on it for the reaction speed. Cause they're all mostly hand timed. And even if they're not, they're still obviously wrong because Terrace Marshall didn't run a two, three, whatever the fuck because he literally got caught down week two in Carolina and just, it's not how these yeah. things work. And we already talked about Walker. Uh, his reception total is fine. Jonathan Taylor had 26 receptions in college in 2019 and then eight receptions and eight receptions the following two seasons. So like, I don't know. It's, it's a big deal. And it's also not a big deal. And as Jane said, sometimes college coaches just don't do it because they don't think you can. Last question of the show. I would be happiest from Justin Fields in a dynasty perspective if the Bears assigned blanked and drafted a blank, the options are A, signed Godwin and drafted Mechie, B, signed Mari Cooper and drafted Khalil Shakir, or C, signed Juju Smith-Schuster and drafted George Pickens. Man, um, I, I want to say Godwin, but can you sign a guy coming off an ACL and another guy off of Mechie had an ACL too, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Cooper, I think we've seen is not, yeah, it's got to be Godwin because you know what? He's the only legitimate wide receiver one out of any of the people named here. Juju and Pickens might be fun. Uh, uh, you know what? No, I'm going to move it. I'm going to talk myself into it. It's going to be Juju and Pickens. 
It's going to be Juju and Pickens. Look, Juju is is a better receiver than he gets credit for. He's not just a slot receiver. I know that people think that he is, um, but he can actually win on all areas of the field. And he's done it. He has done it in the pros. Yes, it was with Antonio Brown on the other side, which is a little different, but whatever. And Pickens, I loved Pickens. I mean, before he tore his ACL um, and missed most of the year, he was a guy that was going to be in contention for the wide receiver one in this class. So I'm going to go there. It's Juju and Pickens, um, mostly because Godwin tore his ACL so late. Yeah. What is this? Everybody that has a torn ACL is just involved in this. Huh? <laughs> it's the all ACL crew. I, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if you heard or not, Shane, but uh, Darnell Mooney, Mooney is the next coming of Jesus Christ. So <laughs> I think Juju's going to be just fine with that because Mooney's as good, if not better, than Deontay Johnson, I've been told. Um, I, I'm with you on Juju and Pickens. I think Juju's criminally underrated. Pickens offers a aspect to that offense that they don't really have, especially with Alan Robinson leaving and, you know, Godwin's good and Mechie's fine. Like they're all separators. They're all great for Justin Fields because he doesn't really have that anticipation. We were talking about likes to see guys open instead of getting open. Um, I think the consensus is just anybody, but Cooper and Shakir. <laughs> yeah. Because you want, you want a chance at a legitimate wide receiver one, right? Yeah. And, and- Cooper is not that Cooper just flat out disappears. Like, and that's, I don't think that's what you don't need that for in Justin Fields life. Like he had a head coach that did that to him and that basically had an offensive scheme that disappeared. You definitely do not want that out of a wide receiver for Nah, He's been through enough already. Let's get yeah. that kid more help. I I'm pulling for him. So, so hard. I, oh, really I, I love him because people just trashed him. And I'm like, you know, his coach was Matt Nagy. Like his Matt Nagy is fucking awful. And I used to say this when Mitch Trubisky was there, I'd be like, look, Mitch Trubisky might not be a great quarterback, but he is not using any of his strengths. Like Mm -hmm. he, he, he just, I don't know what it is. He's like, you're going to be a pocket passer. We're never going to, they don't do simple things. Like they don't run play action. Um, I think, uh, fields ran like uh, 10% of his plays were from the RPO last year. Like one of the lowest rates to play action places were the lowest, one of the lowest in the league. And you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, do you hate your quarterbacks? Like, why do you not help them in any fucking way whatsoever? Then you run a wildcat to David Montgomery. Like what, what are you doing? He probably takes the, the, um, the Matt and I, it's just a Matt and I approach. Like I'm going to do what I did with Payne Manning. And if that doesn't work, then clearly you're the problem, not me. That's what that's, yeah. that's gotta be what it is. Cause yeah. that man's dense than a doorknob. Anyway, Shane, I appreciate you, man. I think we've illustrated many points. First and foremost, as you are not the worst, you are actually the best. Thank you so much. You can find him on Twitter at Shane is the worst. You can find all of his good content, which I strongly suggest you do at DLF and fantasy data. Shane, you got any last words, any fun facts you've been able to pull out of your, your Houdini hat? Uh, no, I'm joining a, a March Madness bracket right now, and I can't figure out where to pay. Um, so other than that, and I've watched no college basketball in the last two years, so this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm literally going to be the dude that's just picking, like, mascots over it. Like, yeah. well, a wildcat would beat a turkey, <laughs> so I'm going to go with the wildcats over the Memphis turkeys or whatever the hell. I like it. The, the only one thing I, I got for you is that there's a guarantee, and it's that uh, Gonzaga gets into the Elite Eight but never gets into the championship. There you go. It's just death taxes in Gonzaga, never fully making it all the way. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I know your time is valuable and it means a lot you spend it with us. Please go ahead and rate and review the show if you'd be so kind. I'd be thrilled about that. You can find me on Twitter at FFSandman if you want to talk shit. Uh, We are going to be previewing the Debbie Summit coming up shortly. It's going to be on May 22nd. It's going to be six hours. It's going to be a charity event. All proceeds are going to go to Ukrainian refugees. Um, the individuals that are caught up in a fucking horrible, horrible, horrible situation and more. Uh, it's going to be including a bunch of really top tier names. And I strongly suggest you take your time and, and mark out, black out that date on your calendar so you can tune in and get as much information about incoming Debbie as possible. That being said, make sure you let your loved ones know that they are loved and appreciated and you are as well. Have a wonderful day and I'll catch you later. Peace.